just wanna chill and twist the line. Catch stunts in my 745. You drive me crazy, shorty. I need to see you and feel you next to me. I'll provide everything you need and I like your smile. I don't wanna see you cry. Got some questions that I gotta ask and I hope you can come up with the answers. Baby. Hello and welcome to Locked On Flames, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, Kristen Anderson, and happy Tuesday. It's been a couple of quiet days for the Flames after Saturday's 3-2 overtime loss to the St. Louis Blues. They had Sunday off, a long productive skate at Winsport on Monday, Remembrance Day, and skated again on Tuesday. With Wednesday's game against the Dallas Stars and two more practices scheduled for Thursday and Friday, it's been a really nice break in the Flames' schedule to be able to work on some things, to practice, and just basically take a deep breath. They play the Arizona Coyotes and Las Vegas Golden Knights on Saturday and Sunday, but that's not even a bad travel schedule. So to have this nice break, this nice set of practices, I think has been a really good thing for this group. They've already played 20 games so far, which heading into Tuesday's action was the most in the National Hockey League. And that's got to wear on players. Like, I don't care, even though they get the first class travel and general NHL pampering, that's that's still a lot of travel, taxing amount of hockey on the body. The Flames have played a lot, no question about it. So it's probably worn on them somewhat. Well, longer practice, uh, a little more volume of work. Uh, skated a little bit at the end, which you can't do when you're playing every other day. Previous practice, I think it was on Friday, we did four on four, three, a real nice three on three segment. Just stuff that you don't get a lot of time to touch on other than in video. So I think it's going to benefit us going forward and down the road. That, of course, is head coach Bill Peters talking about the practice schedule that has been on the Flames agenda this week. This homestand, though, it's been a fascinating two weeks. They were ripped by head coach Bill Peters after last week's 4-3 overtime win over the Arizona Coyotes. The day after, he still wasn't thrilled. And then there was Thursday's 5-2 win over the New Jersey Devils. It was a much better performance, don't get me wrong, but let's be clear, that New Jersey Devils team is a total work in progress. Then, after Saturday's 3-2 overtime performance against the defending Stanley Cup champs, there was a general sense of, we've improved, but we've still got a long ways to go. Oh yeah, just... uh... The game was uh, a hard fought, uh, not a lot of uh, room out there type of game. It, uh, you saw obviously uh, why they, they've had success here in the last, uh, whatever, maybe 12 months. Uh, um, they've been probably the best team in the league for a reason. They do things right, they play the right way, and I thought we did a lot of, uh, a lot of great things in the game. I thought uh, we stuck with it and we, we were able to to come back against a pretty good team down 2 nothing in the third but even before that I thought we, our game was good we were moving pucks and it was a pretty even game yeah those are always easy games to get up for Saturday night against uh, obviously the team that won it last year but for us it's I think we're, we're on our way to to getting to that uh, consistent effort every night and uh, that's what we want to get to no matter who you're playing you got to play the, the same way and and uh and those little details have to be there. I thought I thought we did a good job of that the other night, and we can even get better. That was Flames captain Mark Giordano talking about the St. Louis Blues. Now we'll hear from head coach Bill Peters. Lots of good video. You know, we've made a couple changes to how we play. It's going to help us moving forward, and you can see it's starting to come come into the game, starting to come into play consistently, and uh, it's going to make us a better team. So I like the way we're going. I like our home record. I like the fact our penalty kill was good. We gave up two the other night, one on a four-on-three where they made a real good play. So we just got to get right back to work, and we did that today. 
Against the Blues, the Flames had goals from Matthew Kachuk and Travis Hamannick in the third period, which tied the game and forced overtime, while David Perron scored at 2.46 into overtime on a power play with TJ Brody off in the penalty box for holding. Still too many penalties. Elias Lindholm had his nine-game point streak snapped that night, while Matthew Kachuk has been trending in the right direction with five goals and three assists in the last six games. By the way, the Flames are 4-1-1 in that span, so the improvement is there, and you can't be too up and arms about the way that they've playing if they've been able to get wins well you bill peters if you're listening to him though over the last few days last few weeks you wouldn't know that or think that but still there's some improvement david riddick faced 28 shots and is 9-4-3 on the season with a 0.914 save percentage and a 2.74 goals against average that was his third straight start and still he leads the league in minutes played in my last episode i talked a lot about load management which is the buzzword in the nba right now and it's trickling over into the NHL. It's kind of funny, but it's true. Load management is something to be considered going forward, I think, with David Riddick because you're going to get to the end of the season and this guy is going to be gassed if they still ride him like they've been playing him. Flames head coach Bill Peters was asked by Sportsnet 960 The Fans' Pat Steinberg about if earlier this season he would have expected Riddick to be shouldering the load right now. And he had this to say I thought was really interesting. Uh, probably not, no. Just uh, the way it's unfolded and the schedule and everything else. It's, uh, it's played out that way, and, and through 20 games, uh, our, our schedule's been funny, and you know that, you've been on it a lot. Uh, we've played a lot, we haven't practiced a lot, but we've had travel where we're just in the air. It doesn't count as a practice day, it's not a game day, it's not a day off, it's just a travel day. So I don't think uh, it's a problem yet with Ritter, I really don't, and uh, that's a credit to him and the way he looks after himself. Today's a great uh, the stretch the last probably 72 hours going into our game Wednesday is a great opportunity to look after yourself as a player right now and that'd be important for him too. He's right. The schedule has been incredibly heavy for this group travel-wise and in some respects opponent-wise. I felt like Saturday against the Blues, that was their biggest test all year. They're 10-7-3 and and feel like they're trending in the right direction. And you could see why. I can't believe there's only 62 games left. Yes, only 62 games left, but we're already at the quarter pole of the season. And the Flames are pretty comparable to where they were at this time last year. Through 20 games last season, they were 11-8-1. At the moment, they're sitting second in the Pacific Division and have the sixth best record in the NHL. After this break, I'll touch on Don Cherry's dismissal, my thoughts on it. I'll break down the Dallas Stars and what to expect from Wednesday's lineup. I'll talk a bit about three-on-three overtime. And I'll also talk a little bit about the upcoming schedule. Here on Locked on Flames, we talk about player performance, but that's not the only performance that might be on your mind. If you want to avoid awkward doctor's visits when you're looking to up your game, check out BlueChew.com. BlueChew is the first chewable with the same FDA-approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, so you'll be ready to play a full 60 and maybe even overtime. And because it's chewable, BlueChew works fast, so you'll never have to worry about being ready to go. Made in the U.S., BlueChew is prescribed online and shipped straight to your door in discreet packaging, making the whole process easy, convenient, and cheaper than pharmacy alternatives. Right now, we've got a special deal for listeners of Locked On Flames. Visit BlueChew.com and get your first shipment for free when you use the special promo code LOCKEDON, all one word. Just pay $5 shipping. Again, that's BlueChew, B-L-U-E-C-H-E-U.com. Promo code LOCKEDON to try it for free. BlueChew makes it easy for you to perform with confidence. So Don Cherry is done. He's fired on Remembrance Day following his you people who come here rant on Coach's Corner, Hockey Night in Canada. And we think, I guess, it was meant 
towards Canadians who don't fully understand the importance of the poppy. I guess that's what his defense was on several news outlets earlier this week. He said, you people, you people love our way of life. You love our milk and honey. At least you could do is pay a couple of bucks for a poppy or something like that. Okay, the problem is, of course, the you people portion of that. Whatever he was inferring to, it sounds like he was inferring race was somehow a part of this. Um, Immigrants coming to Canada who don't fully understand the importance of a poppy. But the way that you say it, you people, it just takes everything away from this game and what this country has worked towards, building inclusivity, hockey is for everybody, acceptance, it just tarnishes it all. And the other problem is this guy's 85 years old and was always going to end this way for this opinionated fossil who for the most part has been tuned out by Canada on most Saturday nights anyway. During the 1998 Olympics, during the men's Olympic gold hockey game, if you remember, Cherry referred to the Quebec nationalists as a bunch of whiners. He's criticized Canadian government for not sending troops to Iraq. He's argued that female reporters shouldn't be given access to the locker rooms of male athletes. He's criticized NFL players for kneeling before games. He's ridiculed people who believe in climate change. He's made light of concussion issues in the NHL. It goes on and on. And every time he said something, the network just stood by him every single time. And he doesn't just wake up and have these thoughts. He's had people around him enabling this archaic way of thinking. So finally, Sportsnet made a stand. Was it enough? Was enough? So I think that this could have been totally avoided if they would have just shown him the door earlier, perhaps five years ago even. Um, Even in the summertime when there was talk of him retiring, that probably would have been the ideal time to let a guy go whose views don't represent Canadian hockey fans anymore. All right, let's talk about Wednesday's game. How did the Flames stack up against the Dallas Stars? The Stars are eight eight and two and have points in eight of their last 10 games. So they're coming in quite confident. Before Sunday's 3-2 overtime loss at Winnipeg, they had won four straight games and they're currently on a four-game road trip. Winnipeg, Calgary on Wednesday, Vancouver on Thursday, and then Edmonton on Sunday. So they're on the road. They're feeling good. They come into Calgary. Their power plays 13%, 14 for 54. Calgary's is 18.2%, 12 for 64, tied for 18th in the league. Penn Penalty kill. Flames are at 86.3%. They practice it all the time because they're always taking penalties. And then the Stars are 83.3%, which is 11th in the NHL. So that was all before Tuesday's games. But the Flames played Dallas on October 10th. And if you'll remember, that featured a 34-save effort from David Riddick in a 3-2 shootout Flames win. Elias Lindholm and Noah Hannafin scored in the third period to tie the game and to force overtime while Sean Monaghan and Johnny Goudreau scored in the shootout. Riddick, meanwhile, denied Jamie Benn in the shootout. Alexander Radulov missed. Tyler Stigan scored. And Ben Bishop turned aside Matthew Kachuk check in the shootout. So interestingly, that game was an early overtime appearance for the Flames, and currently seven of the team's 20 games so far have gone past regulation into overtime. Of those seven games, two have gone into shootouts, the Dallas game that I just mentioned, and then their game against Florida, while they've only won twice against Arizona and Nashville out of those remaining five games. Their most recent display, of course, was Saturday's 3-2 overtime loss to the St. Louis Blues, but it prompted Flames video coach Jamie Pring 
angle to create a three-on-three highlight package to show the players earlier this week during their practice at Winsport, and it placed an emphasis on goals being scored in the NHL during overtime games, um, focusing on situations that arise, including turnovers that lead to two-on-ones, forwards getting caught defending, and of course the importance of, to steal a football term, man-on-man coverage. I talked to Noah Hannafin about exactly that. Just a little detail that I think defensively. Um, you know, we, I think we were focusing more on today of, of trying not to switch guys um, in the three-on-three and make sure you can stay on the same person. So it's kind of like a man-on-man situation. Don't give guys too much room when they have the pop, you know, because when, when you give someone too much uh, room, they can start switching and, and kind of creating uh, some changes off the guys. So I think today we were just kind of focusing on defensively, making sure you stay tight on, on your guy and, and don't get used and mixed up with uh, your defender. At the same time, I think in, in any time you're at three on three, you got to have some creativity and you got to, uh, you know, you got to play to win. You know, you don't want to play too safe. And I think that's, uh, you know, it's such an important uh, part of the game. Now, it's, you know, it's giving guys the extra point. So it's, uh, it's something we want to practice. For us, we have like three D men that are going. So I was the same in Carolina. I, I just, I was one of the three D that played uh, in the three on three. So I've had some experience in it. Um, but it's good. It's nice to. To be able to possess the puck, I thought last game, you know, me, uh, Chucky, and Lenny did a pretty good job at holding on to it and and um, possessing it. I think when that happens, you can get the other guys tired, and then that's when you can go to work. I was going to say, it plays right into, yeah. you look like you have fun. Like, yeah, it looks exactly. like Because that's the type of game you yeah. play, right? Absolutely. And so do you like it? Yeah, no, yeah. I do. I, I like 3-on-3. I think it's good. Um, it's, uh, it's it's a lot of fun. I think it's cool for the fans to watch, too. Yeah. Do, does does your guys get, like, nervous about 3-on-3? Or somebody's yeah, like, something. Like, I mean, no. anytime you're in overtime, I think you know it's uh, you know you get a little extra juice because you know it's it's uh, going to decide the game. But I think you know for us, we're uh, we're pretty confident with who we have on the ice and we're doing it. And we just go and try to have fun and and uh, play hard and get a win. So the aim, I think, of practice earlier this week was just to give their players a little more confidence and wherewithal during those overtime situations. Bill Peters talked a little bit about this. Well. The three-on-three, when it first opened up, when it first came in the league, was just wide open, up and down. So depending on the personnel, depending on the team, depending on where you're at in the standings, I think it's tightened up a little bit, so you got to manage the buck. Today, when we scrimmaged three-on-three, all the offense was off turnovers. Somebody had it offensively, they forced it impatiently, and the team went the other way. They can learn from that. We can learn from that. And you see that in the league, too. And then a lot of two-on-ones. You get a lot of two-on-ones because there's two forwards, one D. You get a lot of two-on-ones that a forward is defending, and he's caught back. And they're trying they're trying to leave their feet, and they're not exactly proficient at that. So we've seen in videos, and that's what incorporated into practice. And when it happens, now you got a little more confidence and, and know what we're trying to do when we defend it. You can still play it properly, even though you're a forward caught back. And I really liked what Sean Monahan had to say about three-on-three overtime and the comparisons to when he first came into the league early on. He talked about how sometimes your, the a team's best laid plans can completely go out the window during overtime. Yeah, I, think, I mean, you got to work on it. It's uh, more so than not, uh, a lot of games are going OT. I mean, it's a close league and uh, you want to get that extra point. So, I mean whatever advantage you can get and, and you work on it and get uh, get that chemistry going obviously that's uh, that's huge i think i started off when i was four on four and i think for a year and then i went to three on three or maybe even two years i'm not sure but uh yeah it was definitely four on four when i first started off and uh i mean i do like the three on three better and, and what are some trends that you got you notice nowadays like yeah i mean i don't think it's uh it's tough to have a game plan. I mean, going into three on three, it's there's a lot of room on the ice. There's uh, 
obviously you got to capitalize on that. I mean, team's going for a change. You got to get down the ice quick. You don't want to give away the puck, and obviously faceoffs are huge in overtime. You want the puck, so I think that's uh, that's the keys of that. But uh, I mean, it's, it's tough to write up a game plan going in overtime. So that's some pretty interesting stuff talking about the three on three and the Flames philosophy in those situations. Just a few notes heading into Wednesday's game. Johnny Goudreau had been gaining ground and gaining traction, scoring in two straight games and adding eight assists in the previous 10 games. But at being held off the score sheet during his 21 minutes and 52 seconds of ice time against the St. Louis Blues, Goudreau had gone pointless. So the worst part about that stat line was actually his game high seven giveaways, giving him 22 on the season so far but to put it into perspective Ryan Getzlaff leads the league with 30 giveaways or he did earlier this week Johnny Goudreau was tied for 12th most in the NHL and 10 other players had 22 giveaways just to give you some perspective but it is among the higher end of things so gonna have to clean that side of his game up the Blues just to give you some even further perspective during the entire game had seven turnovers period so through 20 games this season Goudreau has five goals and 12 assists and is a minus one he's definitely struggling at Tuesday's practice, Michael Froelich was on a line with Derek Ryan and Sam Bennett, so there's a good chance that he's going to draw into Wednesday's game. Andrew Mangiapane was still on the Flames' second line. And this weekend, the Flames head to Arizona on Saturday and make a stop in Vegas on Sunday. Back-to-back games, their record at T-Mobile Arena is not good. They've never won there and been outscored 21-6 to in that span. They'll face the Vegas Golden Knights twice more, once on March 8th and once on April 2nd, both at Calgary. This is also Calgary's first trip to Arizona this year, with the second trip on December 10th, and then they won't see the Coyotes again until the end of the season on March 6th. Speaking of the schedule, a logical goaltending rotation would likely see David Riddick Wednesday against the Stars and Cam Talbot against the Coyotes on Saturday, and then you put Riddick back in rested against the Golden Knights on Sunday. Just saying, that would make a lot of sense. Cam Talbot needs to see some action. We all know that. His last game was on November 3rd at Washington. But really, it doesn't necessarily have to always be that second half of a back-to-back. That just seems to be what they've been going with lately. He's only started four games this year, and I would really like to see him get a little more comfortable. And every time he's in net, he just seems to gain a little bit more confidence. And the Flames are going to need that moving forward. After this weekend's road trip the Flames come home for one single game against the Colorado Avalanche and then they head back out on the road they play the St. Louis Blues the Philadelphia Flyers Pittsburgh, Buffalo, it's a game every other night. The schedule does not get any easier on this four-game road trip. So the Flames have such an important week this week, just with one game on Wednesday against the Dallas Stars, and then they head out on the road for a back-to-back game. So it's an important week for the Flames when it comes to their practices. It's an important week when it comes to their rest. And I will be back on Thursday to recap what happened in Wednesday's game against the Dallas Stars and tee you up for the weekend. Thanks so much for joining me. I love you like a fat kid, love pink, you know my style, I say anything to make you smile.